Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Listen, we are glad that you are here. Listen, um, I went to the Hogs game uh, yesterday and uh, it was pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting to see us get the dub. Come on, did anybody watch? Anybody watch? Come on, the hogs, all right? Some of you are like, we don't like hogs. Um, uh, but no, it was fun. We uh, were in the, um, uh, in the stadium, and it was so crazy when they uh, dropped the beat on a few songs. The whole place got just like moving. And, and I, I, I think that I saw it again because we're in a sermon series called Hit the Groove. Hit the groove, and we want you to hit the groove in your faith, and we are so glad that you are here. So I'm going to use an illustration today of the drums and uh, the fundamentals of our faith. So last week, we talked about that the bass drum is like, if, if you know anything about drums, rhythm, any, any musicians in the room? Any musicians in the room? All right, cool. Uh, so here's the thing: is the, the the drum set, the trap set, the it is the really it's like the oh let me move this so you guys can see it, it's the backbone of the beat. And so last week we talked about how uh, there are fundamentals. Obviously, we know that there's a whole lot more to the drum set, to the trap set than this, and we'll add all, everything else up. Uh, uh, next week, but so you should come back because it'll probably be a little bit better. But um, but the truth is there are fundamentals, and First Corinthians uh, thirteen tells us faith, hope, and love, and everything is built off of that. Uh, the Bible says that without faith, and we compare faith to the bass, because the 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 bass drum, the bass in a tr- in a in a kit, is known as the soul of the rhythm. Then you have the snare, and most of you don't even know it, but you clap on uh, two and four. So if we were to, if I was to play something, you would instantly start clapping in rhythm. And and we really believe that the snare uh, in music is the pulse. And so when you hit a vibe or you hit a groove, you begin to go, yeah, and you just all of a sudden start clap. And so let's just try it here. All right, good. Good that, that you did very good. You did very good, and, and and so we really believe that faith, hope, and love begins to build everything else in your Christian life, and and so the the way I want to dive into this is and how many of y'all like music? Just you like you like music. It's okay. You can respond in church. I remember I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they're like, your church is very interesting because you like a lot of crowd participation. And I'm like, yeah, because I, I don't want a boring church. There's people, you know, we're just, we're just coming here to listen. Well, uh, I'm not really, uh, I appreciate that. I want you to hear the word, and I want you to be transformed by the word, and I want the Holy Spirit to activate your life. But, you know, I... I I'm looking for there to be a revelation and impartation than just a lesson. You know what I'm saying? And so one of the reasons that we do all the things that we do is because church can get really 
um, you can get really churchy. Before you know it, you're like, you've changed your vocabulary, but you hadn't changed your heart. Oh, brother, how you doing, brother? Oh, sister, oh, God, hallelujah. Oh, isn't he mighty? Well, was he mighty on Friday with the choices that you made? And it's so easy for us to pick up the lingo and miss the language. It's so easy for us to conform to whatever denomination we grew up in and just fit into the denomination but never grow and become, listen, like the Bible teaches us that we are to honor God, not just know about him. Honor means that we submit. Honor honor means that we take all of our criticisms and, 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 and we lay those at his feet because here's the deal is we are to understand God. But, but a lot of times we have the posture even in church where we have to, God has to impress us. And if you, God, do not fit into my beliefs or my standards or my worldview, then I categorically reject it. And God's used to that. Uh, Satan w- was in heaven and he rejected, come on, you know what I'm saying? God's glory and his honor and his holiness. And so for us, um, we really see that these three components, and so I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm really going to talk about a lot of things that destroy our hope today. And I want you to lean in. This is going to be one of those messages that I'm going to come for you. And here's, here's what we want, really, in church. We want you to be known, loved, and challenged. We want you to come however you are and realize that we're not trying to put a mantle on you that you have to act a certain way, but we want you to grow in spiritual formation where every year there's a little less of you and a little more of him. And Does that make sense? And so if you get this message, but you don't come back for the love message, then your, your, your rhythm's going to be off. I mean, th- this is kind of cool. I remember when I was in uh, elementary school, I was the kid that always beat on the table. Come on, how many of y'all beat on the table? Anybody ever beat on? And so, like that was me. That was my jam. That was all every day. I got vibing myself. I was vibing before there was even a word. I was, yeah. But you just can't really do a lot with that. Like, you can, do a, you can do some with that. Faith and hope are awesome. But faith and hope without love, well, the Bible says that without love, it, it's nothing. And so we really feel like we're building this idea that God wants you to hit the groove in your life, and he wants to, you to stay in the tempo that he has, come on, listen, for you. This morning, I want to use the the snare as an illustration of hope. The snare is the pulse of the music. Throughout history, we see a snare that would lead people into marches and into battle. And today, it's my hope that the Holy Spirit leads you into territories where you need hope. Like, if he's going to move you, you're going to need hope to follow him when there are trials, when there is tribulations, when there is testing, um, the pulse of your faith groove will be predicated on how you keep your hope. You have to keep your hope. So my assignment today is keep hope. Everybody say keep hope. 
Come on, that, that, that was a little bit like a golf, golf course. Come on, everybody say, keep hope. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says this. But in your heart, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. In other words, Paul is challenging us and he's explaining to us the importance of hope. Your hope will cause you to hit a groove and march to a different beat than the world. Hope affects your heart. You have little hope, and what will happen is your faith will all of a sudden, your hope all of a sudden, discouragement will come in, and your heart, listen, will get hard. That Bible actually tells us in this verse that we just read that without hope, your defense for what you believe is weak. Without hope. In other words, to hit the groove, you have to have hope. Come on, listen. You need hope. You need hope. In all clarity, the hope that I am talking about isn't the Pinterest version of positive feelings and expectations. The hope that I'm talking about comes from confidence in the Lord. Where we trust, come on, listen, in God. It's anchored in Jesus, not self-positivity. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5 says this, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into grace which we stand. In other words, you got it better than you think. If you've asked Jesus to come into your life, he has forgiven you of your sins like you don't want to forget that, and you don't want to forget where we're going, and there's a hope that should be in you because, let's just be honest, without Jesus, you have no hope. Grace in which we stand, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produce endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope. That, isn't that, that's a weird kind of that's a weird road to travel to find hope suffering perseverance perseverance character character hope you would think it would come like uh niceness gentleness um wind therapy hope why does character produce hope? Because on the other side, you begin to know God has brought you through, come on, the hard, the heavy, and the hurtful. See, what happens is you're not coming to faith to avoid hard days. You will experience hard days. You will experience pain and heaviness, and you will be hurt by people. But the reality is you're not getting safe from the hard when you get saved, listen, it is everything that you need to make it through the hard, make it through the heavy. you you got to keep your hope. God is the sure foundation of your life. Look at this. And the endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope doesn't put us to shame. Why? 
We used to sing a song. Christ is my sure foundation. And this is what I build my life on. It's not going to put you to shame. I need to know somebody in the room that if you totally give your life to the Lord, you're not going to end up in 15 years going, was it all worth it? Like God's not going to put you, listen, to shame. And if we're going to build our life on something, we're building our life, listen, on Jesus, the finished work of Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Come on, praying for you, interceding for you. Jesus said, hey, listen, there's a reason for hope because this world isn't all you have. Like I've gone to prepare a place for you. Like I'm thinking about you. Like you're just traveling through. And so we don't live like there's no hope. Paul tells us the good news that we have peace because of Jesus. And that's a big deal because here's the deal. Without Jesus, you would have no hope for salvation. Let's just talk about this. Our, our nature is nasty. You may ascribe to this idea that all people are basically good, but... It, I'm not mad at you. There's a lot of people that think a lot of wrong things. But the truth is, we are not all basically good. We are all basically nasty, selfish, led by self-interest, motives that operate only in our own... Come on, does that make sense? We, the, the Bible calls us children of wrath. That we have a carnal mind. We always want to be first. We always want to be heard. Come on, come on. No one gets into a marriage and goes, you know what? Let me prefer you. I have, I'm not going to have any emotion about any of this. All I want to do is just serve you. Absolutely, I'll do all the dishes. Absolutely, I'll paint whatever you want to paint as many times as you want to paint it. Even though... The paint that we bought a year ago is still good. I would love to do that. No! We're the people in the car liner that, like, we're being tempted not to let the other person in. Come on, come on, where y'all at? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you're not watching them because you don't want them to see you, and you're like, I don't feel like letting you in today. I got a schedule. And what ha what's happening is we are growing up a culture that isn't self-aware of its own nature. And so we've made everything an excuse. We've made everything a condition. We've made everything because of somebody else. We've made everything a background when the reality is we are full of me first. Come on. It's ugly. That's why life is so challenging. We're all empty <laughs> and broken. All of mankind, people are wondering about these revivals that are happening on college campuses, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about it. I want to talk a little bit about it because I, I think for us, I really believe that God is reviving people. He's reviving the hearts of young people. Paul tells us that our heart is to honor Jesus as holy. Come on, think about it. Isn't it crazy that, that we're seeing YouTubes of young people singing holy, holy, holy and not leaving? When the Grammys had a song that was like, the, the name of the song was unholy. I just love God. God's like, <laughs> y'all, I'm a win. 
I'm going to win, y'all. Here's the thing, is God is wanting to write his signature on a generation of young people who have grown up and were like, if I haven't offended you yet, I'm coming for you. It's not my heart to offend you. It just, the truth offends. And so I'm going to do this with love the best I can. You need to come back next week because it's going to be a whole lot better. But we have grown up a young people. Think about the last 25 years. Young people are confused, they're critical, they're calloused, and they're full of compromise. Think about the rise of confusion. The rise of confusion. Even churches don't know what we believe, and we don't want to say what we believe, and we kind of, uh, uh, we kind of, you know, don't really want to answer the question because we don't want people to leave because, uh, you know, tithe is important, and if, if we're not careful, then we'll get into this, this seesaw of, ah, do I say it? Do I not say it? I don't want to feel and, and the and we, we took a good concept because we just read a verse that says, hey, there's a hope in you and you need to do it respectfully. I don't, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I don't believe that if Jesus was walking around today and he uh, came up to a, a group of four or five homosexuals, I don't believe that he would chastise them and bring out the Old Testament. I think that he would sit in the middle of them. He would hear their case. He would pray for them. He would not be scared about what they're doing. And he would begin to pray. And, and there would be revelation at the end of that conversation. And then they would want to shift. And they would have to wrestle with, do I want to be whole or do I want to follow my lust? And so the tension for the church is we gotta, we're growing up young people and we have to teach the truth while, while battling stories that we don't know anything about and contexts that we don't have. And so either we have no standard or we're a Pharisee. And that's a tension in our life because we really want to set the cruise control and I want to either be this and not think about it or I want to be this and not think about it but I don't want to have to wrestle with both of them. I don't want to have to wrestle with explaining and thinking and processing and going deep. I don't, I don't want to have to be in a conversation teaching my children what right and wrong is while I repent of my attitude. I just want to say there's good people and there's bad people and, and we're not going to be like that because they're going to hell and you're probably going to heaven even though we're, we're, we've seen every Game of Thrones show and we're, we're, nudity's in our house and our kids are in the back room. Come on. And I think that's sometimes why the world looks at us and goes, <laughs> the, the you on Sunday morning that I see in the picture looking good is not the you I met on Friday night. And so you're telling me how good God is, but most of the time you acting like, <laughs> kind of into ratios. Think about the last 25 years, the rise of confusion, gender, value of life, mental health, sexuality, science, politics, right and wrong, absolutes, American history, living financially overextended and acting like we're blessed. Uh, uh, the validity of the Bible. We don't even really know what, well, well, you know, you can't take that part of the Bible. You can't take that part of the Bible. It doesn't matter. We're, let's just tear down the Bible. War against pronouns. 
Like, young people have grown up for 25 years, and there's always been a season where God rings the bell of revival, and there's a shift, because God is going to pour out His Spirit on His sons and daughters. Come on, hear me. And because of His kindness, He draws us into repentance. Come on, is anybody here should have been caught but weren't? Nobody? Anybody here blew it last week? Notice my hands up. We've seen a toxic critical spirit. 25 years of critical spirit, dishonoring authority, tearing down, canceling people. They've seen a culture of negativity, insecurity, immaturity, and pride. This is the basic nature of the enemy. He wanted all the glory. He wanted to be exalted. He wanted what was only reserved for God. Now we have churches that people sit in the back and they're going to exegete everything that the pastor says. And I'm not saying that there shouldn't be accountability, but we've taken it from accountability to like there are now multiple authorities in the church and God has sent me there to keep that person humble. Y'all not ready for me. You got to be aware. We see revivals happening on college campuses. Let's just watch the fruit. Let's see what God does. Come on, let's watch it. Let's not be critical of it. I don't want a church, and we don't want to be people that have no spiritual encounters with God. Listen, I married my wife, sure, because of a lot of practical reasons. Girl could cook. But there was also an encounter. Put on that slow jam. There were some feelings. There's some jodeci in the back. And it's like, if we're not careful, church will only be theology and doctrine and right and wrong. And but countless times, In the Bible, I read of experience and theology, emotion and and principles. I see this tandem, and if we don't walk in tandem, you may be devoted to the Lord, but very dry. Because our nation loves information. We love knowledge. We love to impress people by the theology and doctrine and how many times we've read the Bible. But I want to know, do your kids want to be like you? Does your wife, when she thinks of the top five men in her life, does she think you're one of them? Or do you put her down all the time talking about how awesome it is that you read the whole Bible? Come on. Is this good? I realize that you may not come back ever. We don't want to be scared of spiritual encounters. Listen, listen, remember the Pharisees? They were focused on right theology, and every time they were with Jesus, they criticized it. I'm not for being naive. I don't want another story of Jim Jones or David Koresh. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all are Googling right now. Who's that? Don't drink the Kool-Aid. But I don't want to be critical. I don't want to prove it. 
Like, who wants to be in a marriage relationship? Prove it. Show me you went to the DMV. I got a sticker. That was fun. That was more funny than what you gave me. Was like, over 25 years, we've seen calloused hearts. Calloused hearts. 25 years, we, we have callousness in the hearts of our young people. School shootings are normalized. Lockdowns are enforced. Mandates, health care, uses a weapon, reproductive rights, masks, gender-affirming surgeries, the rise of anger, nudity, lack of self-control, fights in towns, in games, between athletes that our kids respect, streaming content that makes sex so casual and not, cov- n- not anything about covenant, a me-first mentality, all greed, stress, casual divorce, materialism, all about comfort, numb, injustice, 24-hour news that's mostly opinion. Hard hearts. They come to church. And they have to be hard. You know why? Because everybody's attacking everybody. Rampant compromise. Romans 13, 14 says, make no provision for your flesh. Come on, we've removed conviction from our society. Our philosophy is the ends justify, come on, the means. Ongoing social media content. Can I just talk to your parents? I just need you to know that you may be working to raise godly kids in your home, but you need to understand that lessons are being taught on social media. I am not advocating what you do with that, but I am telling you that you are naive if you are not checking history. You are choosing to be naive. You're choosing to submit to busyness rather than protection. We're in a culture that over the last month we have seen go viral, the worship of Satan. Witches are heroes. Heroes are villains. Lying is permitted and practicing. And we now have a generation that is so easily offended, correction is always rejection, and stealing is acceptable if they have enough. And we're wondering why we need revival. And if you're so scared that we're going to do it wrong, then maybe you're not really paying attention to what's happening in society. But if I have to pick between my sons wearing a dress or falling on their face before God, weeping and crying and someone prophesying over them, I'm not picking the dress. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And I, I don't, I, God oper, operates in authority. He set the home up as authority. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. The man, the man, if you're married, the man is appointed and anointed. We're in a culture that men and women are competing against each other all the time. When God had a function for both. So I'm not saying that revival shouldn't have order, but I'm saying that, like, we need to get on our knees. Like, we, we need to 
repent over sin. Like we need to look at ourselves and not look at who's in the office and what the Congress did and what the school board did and what, and look at everybody else. And we're professional at looking at everybody else, but we're not aware of our own condition of our own soul. Come on, are you hearing me? And just so that you know, this is an opinion. I didn't make all this up. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. But understand this, that in the last days, there will be times of difficulty. Pastor, I thought you were talking about hope. We're getting there, baby. This is the lead up. For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. Are you so heartless? Okay. Uh, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. I'm never wrong. What are you talking about? Some of you revival almost broke out because your husband or wife raised their hand when I said that they messed up. That was the first acknowledgement in y'all's whole life. God's moving. Pleasure, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God, having the appearance, this is the scariest thing, having the appearance of godliness. Oh, hallelujah. Bless it. How you doing, brother, sister? How you doing? Praying for you. You know it. Praying for you. But denying its power. Could we be in a, in a time and dispensation where some we're growing churches, but we're actually growing believers that don't have any power. Because of doctrine, they've left the power and they're wondering why they're hopeless and so they're leaving the faith because they don't have any power to overcome their obstacle. Come on. I'm not sharing this to bring discouragement or fear. Church, listen, I, here's what I want you to know. We will not be blessed individuals, families, and nations if we live below God's standards. We are seeing the goodness of God. We are seeing, listen, the goodness of God. Humble yourself. Stop evaluating every agenda and check your own. Check your own, listen, motives. The Bible speaks of times of refreshing. Revelation chapter 1, 17 and 18. Then I saw him and I fell at his feet as though I were dead. And he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, for I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive again forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. In other words, because I got up, you get up. Because I broke free, you can break free. Come on. If you go back and read John sees a glimpse of the glory of Jesus and he's overwhelmed. Sir, ma'am, teenager, when was the last time you were overwhelmed by the glory of God? I want you to come to church and I work hard so that you can extract concepts and principles. But ultimately, my goal for you is that you would position yourself That we would break off what was heavy in your life, the compromise, the, the this, the that, so that you could be aware and come under and give God the glory that is due. Come on, his name. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, if my people, my people, 
The reason I'm being strong today is I'm not talking to the world. If we do outreaches and we do missions, my wife right now is on a mission trip to Mexico. I'm not preaching this message. She's at. I'm preaching it to us. Because there's a different mantle that we carry. I don't need you to walk out here and judge the world. I need you to walk out here and judge your last week. If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face. Come on, I remember when my kids were young and they would get up in my face. Because they wanted to spend time with dad. They would just wrestle. What are you doing? They don't do that anymore. I do it to them. I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah. You need it. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sins. And I will heal. Come on their land. And I, I, just, I just need the house to realize that hope is not dead. you got to keep your hope for your marriage. Come on, for your life. For your kids. For your kids that are gone astray. Come on, for what God's doing in our nation. Like we've got to hold hope that revival can change things. During the first great awakening, 20% of the colonial population came to Christ and joined churches. Today, less than 20% regularly attend church. They heard the preaching of Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield changed the nation. When you keep hope, hard seasons turn into powerful testimonies of God's grace. And I'm asking you not to quit. I'm asking you not to get discouraged. And so when I talk about the rhythm and I talk about hope, I think that when, when, when we play, there are three things that, you, that, that come out of submitting yourself to a timing and a tempo so that other things can build on top of you. Okay, does that make sense? You will not be able to build influence if you don't lock this in. You'll try, but you'll hurt people. you got to lock this in. And so once you do, there are three keys to hit the groove of hope. The first is timing. The second is diligence. And the third is observation. We're going to talk about all three real quick. Timing. For all drummers, they have to submit themselves to the groove. they got to lock in to the pocket, to the timing, to the signature of the song and the tempo that's been selected. Timing isn't subjective. When the snare isn't on time, this can be annoying. That was super annoying. Or it can move everybody. You, you, in your life, you can be, I'm not going to call you annoying, but come on, listen. Your heart is affected by your hope. When hope is lagging, it affects the groove. Come on, listen to this. Lock in. Don't drift off tempo. Don't drift off tempo. 
Lock in. When a problem arises, don't drift in your hope. When scary reports are given to you, there's a time of hope. When you, you, you just acted in a way that is a little bit more old man than your new man. Repent and keep your hope. Come on. Don't change the beat to make it easier for you. Be careful not to wander off and start to drift because of the hardships and the hurtful moments and the heaviness. Stay in time. See, God is doing something in your life and he's bringing things in the correct time in your life. Don't get out of it. Stay submitted to it. Here's the second thing. Diligence. There is a pattern to every groove. When you change the beat every couple of minutes, then we cannot get into the groove. For the groove, we can't be inconsistent. Come on, I remember when I started playing drums uh, as a kid, my band instructor required and demanded, listen, diligence. Honestly, I was so creative, I wanted to play my own part. I wanted to add in, I was starting to learn how to feel, and so I would play rock. And he was like, that's not in the music. I was like, but it should be. <laughs> so here's the thing when we think about diligence is there's a music score and the composer who wrote the music knows how it all fits together. So listen, listen. There will be times in your life when you will need to be diligent to submit to the process if you're going to hit your growth. Also, I remember being young and playing, and we would play these sets for like 45 minutes to an hour, and my forearm would start crying. God, I can't die. You may be trying to overcome some things in your flesh and you may take two steps forward and one step back and you may be getting tired and I need you to know listen just 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 keep your faith come on listen just keep your hope just just repent just start over don't get weary in well-doing come on turn to the Lord God I am asking for you to help me in this situation it's a little hard with my marriage it's a little hard with my business it's a little hard I'm asking I am looking to you because I know my help comes from you my hope is in come on you when you don't see the results of your prayers, keep hoping. Stay diligent. Each of us will face trials and tribulations and, and, and tests. And it's so easy for us to start playing the why me track. It's vital that no matter how it looks and feels, that we accept and understand that the love of the Father was manifested through Jesus. And when you are tired, he is able to sustain you. Come on, diligence, diligence. Here's the last one, is observation. When I begin to play, I would have to watch the band leader. I would have to watch the composer. I would have to watch even as I was playing because there were times, listen, when he did not want the tempo to change, but he asked me to do three different things. Play softer, play louder, be silent. And some of you, God is saying, you need to be a little softer. 
You need to be a little bit louder. You need a season to be quiet. Like you need to be quiet. There's a rest in, in the music, and you're not resting, so you're not keeping the Sabbath. You're not meeting with me. You're not doing these things, and so you're wondering why you're burnt out and tired and whatever, but I need you to, re- come on, listen, observation. And so what do we observe? We observe ourselves. Like, how am I doing? Would people say, I am someone of hope, that when something's going on in your life, you want to call me or you don't want to call me? Am I the person that will say, well, here's what you should have done? Or am I the person that says, I'll believe with you no matter what you did? See, we got to observe. Is hope moving through us? For music to hit the groove, Ben, y'all can go ahead and come out. We have to observe the rest, the notes, and the tempo. There were times when I began playing that I had to watch the music and then watch the conductor. And I'm asking you to watch your lives. Observe what you're looking at. Are you looking at your wife? Are you looking at uh, your boss? Are you looking at your husband? Are you looking at your your past? Oh, well, it's because of this and it's because of this. No, 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 no. I'm asking you, what has your focus? Because here's the deal. Whatever has your heart may have your honor. And whatever has your honor, come on, listen, may have your hope. And your hope doesn't need to be in your wife or your husband or your job or your, uh, your, your academic pursuits. Your hope's got to be in the Lord. Because of Jesus, we have hope. On the bad days, listen, you have hope. On the days that you, you mess up, you have hope. And there have been many moments in my life where I needed, I, I was discouraged. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I had issues from my past, adopted from my foster home, parents got divorced. Uh, I, 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 constant overcoming rejection and abandonment. And I, I, I've had encounters with the Lord in different places. Had a one guy befriend me and he said one thing to me and it was on a Methodist retreat. I don't remember any of the content. We built a box or something like that. But he he spoke, he looked at me and he said this, and I was like, it marked me. One moment I was in a in Waco and there's a church called Highland Baptist, and I went to a worship service and there were young people like on their knees crying, repenting of sin. And I was like, people do that? I've been into charismatic services where I'm in the back, the farthest back, and people are, the person just stops and prophesies over me, and I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. And I'm walking in what they talked about 35 years ago. And I had no idea. I was just like, awkward turtle. You know what I'm saying? Like, hi, name's Stephen. Don't know if it's going to happen. God is doing something, and he wants to do something in you. But you're, listen, going to have to allow it to happen. You're going to have to allow it. Sure, we want order, and we want biblical, and we want, we, want, we want to divide it correctly. But I don't want to be so insulated that 
I'm going to miss a move of God because I'm like, prove it. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so in our church, you'll see us lift our hands. Why? Because the Bible, I, I pray that all, Paul said, I wish that all men would lift their hands. We lift our hands. We honor the Lord. We sing. So you may kneel. And so here's how we're going to end today. Uh, you, you guys can go ahead and take this off. Um, we're just going to do some like old school worship. And uh, I don't even care if we turn off the lights. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't even care if we turn off the lights. If you, if you can or can't. It was in the back. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you what is holding you back from your relationship with the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.